are on Daftzadivav Amad Aleph, the very top line, Amar Ravasi. So Ravasi says like this. He just wants to. He wants to differentiate for us. He's just shown him. We learn. They, they, then they teach us in the rice of the following. Klicheres, when you have an earthenware vessel, and you want to talk about well, what will cancel it from being a vessel, shiuro bekones mashka. The amount is the a hole that's big enough to allow liquid to come to force its way in. That's the amount that stops it from being a keli. Below amru motzi mashka, and the idea of a of a disqualifying hole that's much smaller, that's smaller, which is only the, the amount that lets a little bit out, that lets it leak. Eleni gistrobovad. That is only that's that's too small to cancel a normal a normal uh, earthenware container. Normal earthenware container, if, if it has a little leak, it has a, it has a crack that lets mashka out. No, they'll put something under it. They'll put a leak guard under it, and they'll continue using it. But a gistra is by definition, it's a piece of earthenware that is now being used as a drip guard under another thing. So it doesn't make any sense. If a drip guard drips, it's useless. They, that they'll throw away. So if a regular Kaylee gets enough to, to, to bring out liquid, you don't throw it away. You put a drip guard. But if a drip guard has a hole big enough to take out liquid, you throw it away. It's no good anymore. What kind is a drip guard? What kind of drip guard is a dripping drip guard? Okay, that's the idea. My time, huh? what's the reason? What's like I just said, what's the, I, I preempted. What's the reason that for a drip guard having such a small amount? Because nobody says bring a drip guard to go under the drip guard. It doesn't make any sense. We had an argument to two Amoraim in Eretz Yisrael. We talk about what, how, what size, up till now, what's the size of a hole in a flower pot to say that now the flower pot is, is connected to the ground in order, that, in order to say that Liquids that come willingly on the on the produce will not prepare them to become tame. What's the size? It says it's connected. What's the size of the hole? So we had an argument. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Avin, Rabbi Yossi, Barzavda. Chada Mar Kamotzi Rimon. One says the hole has to be big enough to let a, a pomegranate come out. That's quite large. But Chada Mar Kishorish Kotem. One says like a small root, like we said earlier. Misimanech. And what's the sign? What's the way to remember this? It's like this. Remember, we we spoke about a bunch of different sizes, starting from liquid coming out, liquid coming in, an olive's worth. Uh, uh, pardon, pardon me. Uh, liquid coming in, liquid liquid coming out, liquid coming in. A small root, an olive's worth, a pomegranate's worth. So now, wh- so wh- how do I remember? The argument here was between a small root and a pomegranate. So you can remember by using the, with this um, this expression, which really has to do with something else. It's the same thing where the person does more, does a bigger sacrifice or a smaller one, as long as he's his heart is to the you know is, is directed towards heaven. But we just borrowed the expression, the big one and the small one. Why? Because the smallest measurements bringing liquid out and bringing liquid in are, are not eligible at all to, to nullify uh, the pot to say that the, that the produce is connected to the ground. But what is eligible? The upper three, that is a small root, an olive, and the pomegranates, we say, remember that these two opinions were the biggest extreme, uh, 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 the biggest extreme, the pomegranate, and the smaller extreme, which is a small root, and the olive was out. We said the amount that normally takes you, you have a keli that's for food, the, the, the hole that's going to destroy it and stop it from being a keli, take away its tumor, make it ineligible to receive tumor, is, is when the olives go out. Mark Shishabe, the Rabbi Messiahimba, Mashishabe Rabbi says in his, also in his name, he adds this, Mishmei de Rabbi Lazar. He, uh, he, completes, he completes the statement with this, Pahari Hain, Kichli Galalim, Ukleavanim, Ukleadama. Once this earthenware keli has got a hole 
big enough of all, it's now equivalent to the other things whose materials themselves make them utterly ineligible to receive tumah. Namely, what? Kligalalim, kalim made out of dung. Ukleavadim, kalim made out of stone. Ukleadama, kalim made out of unbaked clay, not like earthenware, but of unbaked clay. Shemakabim tumah, they don't get, they don't receive tumah, lo midivri Torah, not according to the Torah, lo midivri Sofrim, not even by rinbinic decree. Now, furthermore, what's the amount of, though, of destruction in an earthenware kalim? An earthenware kalim has a tight fitting um, um, lid, so then, which, which stops the tumor, let's say, of a mace going, because remember, the, the earthenware can only become tummy from the inside. So once you have a, a tight covering, it can't become tummy from the inside. But let's say there's a breach someplace else in the cave, the top is there and the rest is not. What's the amount? The linear smith seal, how much is the amount that has to be missing? It has to what? You have to be missing the majority. You have to have a whole big enough to take on the majority of what's left of the earthenware keli. We learn in the Mishnah. If a person throws something from the private domain to the public domain, or from the public domain to the private domain, in other words, even though before we've always, we've been learning up till now that if you carry from one domain to the other, you're obligated. Now let, it, let us know if you don't carry, you throw it, that, that is Chayev. Okay, let's take a look. Uh, what if you throw to a pri- from a private to a private with the public in the middle? So if you remember, we learned at the very beginning of the Masechta, we mentioned this, Rabbi Kiva Machayi, Rabbi Kiva says, he holds, it. he holds really that it has gone p- private, public, public, private. But the Chachamim Potrin, but the but the uh, or, or something like that. The Chachamim Potrin and the rabbis are part of They say no. He, he, he went from private to private. Ketzad. Now, what's going to be an example of? Let's see some examples of of private to private for the public. Ketzad. Take two stars. Let's say you have two balconies. One opposite the other in the public domain. So imagine we have two sides of a public street, and I got a, I have a balcony in my building, and you got a balcony on your building, opposite me. So we, two sides of the street, so they're both privates going through a public. If a person will hand over something or throw something, from this one to this one, the person is putter. We're going to see in a minute, because, because we didn't have such a malacha in the midbar. So throwing or handing private to private through the public is nothing. But let's say they're both on one upper upper story. They're both on one side of the street. So imagine we're both on the same side of the street. Well, let's say we're in one building. My apartment's next to yours. And I have a balcony in my apartment and you have a balcony in your apartment. So to, from my balcony to your balcony, it goes over a little stretch of public domain. But this way, it's on the same side of the street. Not like it was before. So in that case, in such a case, if you hand it from one balcony to the other, you'll be obligated. But if you, but if you throw it, you're going to be not be obligated. You're going to be exempt. Why? Because it's each balcony is a private, and the, and and you're passing through the public domain. That's a. Uh, it's too high oh, oh, we're going to see that it doesn't make a difference. Okay, because we're going to see. Okay, because that was the that was the work of the levim in the base of English. What what did they used to do? Remember, they had they had a, they had to they had to pack up the mishkan and carry it. So what did they do? They had all the planks. They had four wagons. Okay, two of them next to the base, two of them next to the Mishkan, and then two more uh, uh, in line in front of them. So what would they do? They would be they would be they would be loading the wagons from the 
from the Mishkan to the to the wagons next to it. And then from those wagons that are next, they would they would they would load to the wagons in front of them. So that's along one line. So therefore what? So you'd have two wagons, one behind the other. In other words, you'd have you'd have a you'd have two wagons next to each other by the Mishkan and then two in front. So you'd have two be, two behind and two in front. And when they they would take the, the the planks that came into the back wagons would go we'd be now would be now handed over to the front. But they were too heavy; they didn't throw them. They only handed them. But that you're right. That was a malacha on the base of business. That's a, that's how they did it. Was in the, was in the private of the private of the wagon over the over the public. Okay, good. Now the Gemara wants to know. Mikidi Zrika told the told the Okay, now we, the Mishnah wants to tell us about throwing. Okay, good. Throwing we understand it has. To be, is a subcategory of take, carrying out from domain to domain. It's a told of Otsah. There's no other. There's no other major category of work that we can attribute it to. Okay, but Otsah, the, the major category of carrying from domain to domain. Where is it in the Torah? Where did, where did you where, where, where did you see it? Where do you find such a thing that you can't? Or where do we find at least a, a decree that you can't carry? Um, Rabbi Yochanan, the Amar Kra, because the Pasik said, by Itzav Moshe, by Moshe gave out a, a commandment and, and, they, and they passed out, they caused a voice to go out in the camp and they made an announcement. Okay, what was that? Hey, everybody stop, everybody stop bringing stuff, stop bringing stuff to me. Uh, Moshe, where was Moshe sitting? But Machan and he was in the camp of the Levites, which was a public domain. Machan was just Rabbi Mava, that was a public domain. Everybody was coming, it, 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 it was, everybody was coming to Moshe, it's a public domain. Moshe said to the Jewish people, "Don't go out and bring, don't, go, don't bring your donations from your private domain, from your tents, to the public domain to me." So therefore, what? So we see that he told them, "Stop doing it." Now, one second, who told you? Okay, it's true, but how do you know that it has to do with the, with a Shabbos with, with a Shabbos thing? Maybe you just tell him. He says, "How do you know he's talking about Shabbos?" Maybe this was just a during the week thing, and all of saying because they already finished the work of the Mishkan they don't need any more donations as it's written here they had enough they had enough they had enough material so you just tell them don't bring how do you know it's a Shabbos prohibition don't go from domain to domain the answer is Gomar, we learn a, a Gzeir Shava, where the same word in two different places, have, we have a tradition that allows us to transfer details from one from one context to the other. Havara, Havara. We have two places where it talks about sending out a sound, making a noise, sending out a sound. Mioma, okay, Mioma Kippurim. We can use the same word that they passed out a, a, a voice here by Moshe Rabbeinu. Also there, by Yom Kippur, they made a voice with the shofar. Ksivach, it's written here, by Virokobamachana. By our context, it's written that they gave out a sound in the camp. Ksivach, so it's written over there on Yom Kippur. Of the Yovel of the Jubilee year, it says Vavarta Shofar Trua. You should you should cause it, make a sound with the Shofar. Malahala, a sound of Trua with the Shofar. Malaham Biyomi. So so just like that was a day when 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 work is forbidden. Yom Kippur is just like Shabbos. Afkan Biyom Also it's also the day when when work is also. Okay, fine. Eshkachanotzah. Now you found a prohibition of carrying from domain to domain. Hachnasaminala. Pardon me. But I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't translate exactly. You found a source for for transferring from private domain 
domain to public domain for taking out from the private domain their tents to the public domain of the of the Levite camp. But where do you have a source that it's forbidden to bring things in from the public domain to the private domain? Gemara says, Swari, it's common sense. I don't need to have a, a written source. Mikidi, let's examine it. Mishusla Rishusu. Okay, we we understand that from private to public is going from one domain to the other. Mali apuki maliulu. What's the difference of going out? What's the difference of bringing in? I don't need any source. It's common sense. I miu. However, but here is a difference in the sense that what that the going out which we saw from the pasuk that is the major category and bringing in is a subcategory of the major category. So the Gemara says, one second, but who cares? Let's think about it. Since in either case, if you took out or you brought in, you'd have to bring a, a sacrifice. I told her, why are you calling this one a major category, this one a subcategory? What's the difference? They have the same law. What did you gain? The answer is there is a practical difference. It makes a practical difference. If a person did two actions, which were two different major categories, two different types of work at the same time, same the same lapse. So he did two subcategories of two different major categories, two different types of work by the at the same time in one lapse. Then a person have to bring two sacrifices. But if a person will do the major category and its minor category, it's the same type, two actions, which are the same type of work in one lapse, the person has to bring only one sin offering. Because even though he did more than one action, but it's all one type of work in one lapse. Perhaps one sacrifice. I think this is very nice. There you explain to me what is a, a, a major category and a subcategory. But we happen to know Rabbi Lezer, a famous Rabbi Lezer, the famous Shita, where he says, the Rabbi Lezer says that even the subcategory of the same major category causes another sacrifice. So if I did a major category and an act in its subcategory, I have to bring two sacrifices. Now, according to him, my told why, according to Rabbi Lezer, do we say, According to Rabbi Eliezer, why do we say that one is a major category and one is a minor? The answer is here, you're right. It's not a practical difference, but there's still a theoretical differentiation. Whatever work was important in the Mishkan, that's called a major category. Something that wasn't, they weren't, they weren't, uh, 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 they weren't in the Mishkan themselves. It wasn't literally what was done in the Mishkan. That's not called a major category. Inami, another possibility for the differentiation. Whatever we find written in the Torah, we call the major category. But something that is just derived, uh, which we, by, by legal comparison, which but it wasn't written. We'll call a tolada. I says the Gemara. I mean, it's a question. Didn't we learn? Because if a person throws four amas in the public domain and it hits the wall, it sticks to it like a fatty, like a fatty fig, for example. So he throws four amas in the public domain and it hits the wall. Okay, lemalami, and we learned lemalami asar tzvachim. It's going to come up lemalami asar tzvachim. If it hits the wall above ten tzvachim, which you know is above the public domain, the public domain only goes 10, 10, 10 cubits high. So if it's if it, it, ten, ten apartment, ten handbreadths high, thank you, it only goes ten handbreadths. So if it's above ten handbreadths, okay, because uh, okay, so then kazark ba'avir, it's like you threw it in the air. It's nothing. It didn't land any place. You threw it from public domain, and it's it's just in the air. Nothing happened. It didn't fall down. The the side of a wall is not a defined space like. A private domain. Even if it's four by four, it doesn't matter. Because it's not a defined area. It has to be horizontal. It has to be horizontal. And if it hit the wall below the ten tzvachim, that would be the same as if you threw it in the Rishis Rabbah and hit the ground. Under under ten, you're in the 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 in the public domain and it came to rest. 
If you throw in the public domain and hits the ground, you're obligated. So we're, but where's the interest? Okay, so that, that we learned that. But I have to ask you a question. Okay, Zarak the How do you know that throwing four amos in the shusar rabim is chayiv? Now we really were saying, how do you know the carrying four amos is in the shusar rabim? This happens. The mission is talking about throwing. Where'd you get the idea? You brought me a source for carrying from domain to domain. What's the source for carrying four cubits in the public domain? Where'd you see that? We've, we've assumed it all the time. Where do you? Where do we know from the Torah that it's forbidden? Now we're going to fight it out till we find it. I'll tell you what happened was because the people who would be the people who would be weaving the cloths that were there, that were the covering the mishkan they when they were weaving they would throw their needles one to the other four amas in the public domain. Wow, must be pretty heavy needles by the way. That's <laughs> hard to throw a needle four cubits. Okay, get out of here. What are you talking about? Since when does a weaver use a needle? He's not. It's not. A, it's not a, weavers don't use needles. Sewers use needles. Umar says, no, Ella, you're right. She came Tofer Urios, okay, Zarka Machatel was that. was the people who were sewing the embroidery on the cloths, on, on those curtains. Those were the ones, those were the, they were throwing their needles one to the other over four Amas. Umar says, come a second. How do you know they were throwing, even if they were throwing to help each other? How do you, how did, how, did, how, did, how, did, how was four Amas? Who said they were four Amas away? Maybe they were sitting next to each other, like within one Amma. How do you know they were throwing four Amas? You know, it says, says, no, I'll tell you, it can't be, because if they were so close, then they'd be reaching each other with their needles, they'd be sticking each other while they're sewing. They wouldn't sit, they wouldn't sit, that, they wouldn't sit that close. Gemara says, one second. But still, maybe they were within, within four. Yeah, okay, you still don't know four. So you can't prove your point. Elam Rav Chista, Rav Chista says like this. You know, they'd be within, they'd be, the, the part of me, they just explain, they wouldn't be so close that they'd stick each other, but they still wouldn't be four Amas either. They'd have to be that far. El Rav Chizda, Shekin Argyria Zarkin Bukhyar Biria. Remember, in order to weave cloth, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go over, under, over, under. So what they had an apparatus was that would, that would, that would lift or separate alternating threads in the, in the, in the warp so that you could just shoot a shuttle through without going over, under, over, 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 under, which is, imp- that's not modern work. They already had an apparatus that was a, that was how loom worked. You alternatingly move these threads up or down or forward or forward. So now, they, so what happened was, and then you would just shoot. You throw the shuttle, which would pay out the pay out the the, the uh, thread as it wove it across the uh, across the weft. So therefore, was so there. And remember, and the, and the and the width of those cloths was four amos. It was four amos. So therefore, what? So they would shoot it through. So they al amra chista she can't argue with you. So how can Here they would throw it through between the between the two uh, the the alternating threads. Fantastic. That's not called. That's not called. Uh, carrying because remember if I if I uh, uh, transfer something but I'm still holding on to it it doesn't go I'm still holding on to the thread of the other side as it's paying out the thread it's still connected to me that's not called throwing and putting down or carrying when it says no beniskabasra it's the last thread so so the shuttle's gonna fly three f- fly free we're at the very end it's the last one I shoot it through and and the and the, and the thread pays out bing and 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 it, and it flies three f- free and it becomes free of my hand. I think says one second, but still I have a problem. It doesn't matter, but still you're not in the public domain. You're in a mukam p'tor. Now I'm not positive about what I'm saying to tell you the truth because I was here. I have a little trouble. But here's why I understand it. It seems like they're talking about not the loom that you usually see in pictures where it's flat. They're talking about a loom that goes up and down. It's a vertical. It's a vertical. It looks like it's a vertical loom, and and instead of instead of the alternating threads being pulled up. 
and the alternative up, they're being pulled, let's say, forward. Uh, forward. So I'm sitting in front of the loom, and the alternating threads go forward, and I'm, uh, I'm now shooting it through the, from the one side of the loom to the other. So apparently, the Gemara is saying, what are you talking about? That is a three tefach area, even though it's four amas going the, going the wide way, but it's only three tefachim in its, in its, uh, in its depth. That's a makam p'tor. That's not public domain. You're not welcome to argue. And if you, if you had four, you'd be a private domain. What are you talking about? You're not throwing in the public domain, Bechlal. After you, after you finally convinced me with all these, all, the, all these answers you gave me, you're not in a public domain. You're in a, you're in a, you're in a, you're in a free zone. Okay, you're, 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 you're in a free zone. Gemara says, right, you're right. Ella, i got to find another source for four almost in the public domain. Ella argue, Here's what happened. Everybody's busy working at their individual looms, and they want it when somebody wants to borrow somebody else's shuttle. They'll throw it to them four hours away. They'll throw it to them from one from one worker to the other. The Gemara says, "One second, again." Who told you they were four hours away? Maybe they're sitting one next to the other, huh? What do you mean one one next to the other? The Gemara says again the same answer as before. He says he says it's going to be a problem. They're going to be banging into each other when they're when when they uh, uh, when when they are tightening the end of the at the end of the of the cord at the end of, at the end of the at the end of the curtain. The Gemara says okay. One second. Who told you they're so close to each other? Okay, he says, who said they're close to each other? I'll have to say to you what, they were throwing it, they, they were close, and what? And they were staggered. They weren't, instead of one person being directly next to the other, one guy will be here, and then the next guy who's supposed to be next to him is in front of him, and the other guy next to him is in back of him. So everybody's, everybody's staggered, so nobody's next to each other. Okay, so therefore what? But two, that's one question. So who told you they're four armas away? They could be close together, not four armas away, and they won't bang into each other. Furthermore, the two, and I got another kasha, did anybody borrow their work tools? We know that wasn't the, that wasn't the process over there. Well, Tanya, didn't we learn? Luda, Luda taught us in a b'risa, each person in the work that they were doing, we learned, from his own work, nobody used anybody else's tools. Everybody had their own work tools. Nobody shared tools. So therefore, what? Now I'm stuck. I'm back to square one. Where did we learn that carrying four amas in the public domain, a person is liable? The Gemara says it's a simple head. It's a head experiment. It's done in the head. Every four. Um, pardon me. I didn't, every, I didn't say. I'm saying every four. I, I'd say. I beg your pardon. Every four amas, and not a head thing. Every four amas in the public domain. I could say it's another thing. Every four amas in the public domain is a halacha lemoshe sinai. It's a handed down tradition. We were told from Moshe onwards, without it being written any place, that this is that that four amas in the public domain carrying is a tolda of hotzah. It is a subcategory of carrying from one domain to the other. The reason, like we said, because every four amas is a new domain but that's not the point. The point here is that we have a tradition that carrying four amas in the public domain is a subcategory of carrying from one domain to the other. Amar Rabbi Yudah Mashmuel, Mekoshis. Now we have an interesting point. Remember there was a, guy, a person in the Torah who was called the one who gathered the wood. Okay, Mekoshis hates him and he was, he, was, he was found guilty and liable to being killed. So Mekoshesh, what did he actually do? So the Gemara says, so Rabbi Yehuda says, Mava. He was a guy, like what we just said, he was a person who carried four Amas in the public domain. But Masnisatana, and Abrais, we learned that he, that, that we had a, he had a different transgression, Tole Shava. He was a person who plucked, uh, he plucked from the, the, the wood from its place of growing. He was, he, what he transgressed was not carrying, what he transgressed was reaping. Rabbi Yaakov Omar, he said, no, it wasn't either of that. It wasn't, it wasn't plucking and it wasn't reaping. It 
Pardon me, it wasn't reaping and it wasn't carrying. It was, it was, it was making piles. He gathered together the wood, and that's also a prohibition on Shabbos. Why do we have to bother to argue? Okay, it's nice. It's a nice historical fact to figure out what was it that the Makoshes did wrong. But what, do we really care? Why do we bother to take a stand? The answer is nafkamina for a very interesting. It's a practical application for this reason. The kederav. You go like Rav Torah. Zamar Rav. Matzasim begilas asarim be Rabbi Chia. I found a, a hidden, a hidden uh, a scroll in the in the, by Rabbi Chia. Because remember, they, before we were we started writing down the oral law, everybody just had little secret notes, you know. But nobody actually wrote any official works of of oral law. So people would write down the little secret notes and keep them to to, to remember. Now the kasev be. He found in this in this hidden scroll. He found isim and yudomer. This way you just said melacha the chief categories of work on Shabbos are 40 minus 139 and he's only high of one now this doesn't make any sense it sounds like he's saying if you did all of them in one lap you only obligated one, 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 one sacrifice it's shocking come on get at it we really learned 20 times our analysis of our main Mishnah in Shabbos of the Lachas that, 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 that if you did 30, 39 at once in one lap you'd have to bring you'd have to bring 39 sacrifices one second Echas were too low one and no others we have to analyze what he said how could he said that didn't we learn this is the famous thing we always learn 20 times we learned in our Mishnah that the, that the chief categories of worth are, are, are 40 minus 1 we analyzed it we said what, what do I need the number for I can count myself Rabbi Yochan answered that the Mishnah went out of its way to give me the number to teach me we did all the 39 different works in one lapse of judgment he's obligated to bring a sacrifice to everyone so Isa can't have been saying what if you did 39 at once you only bring one Amos says you have to read differently. He's not talking about the sacrifice. He's talking about getting killed. That's what he's talking about. Before we, ne- it never, it didn't occur to us to think that he was talking about getting killed. You can't tell me if you did thirty nine, you only get killed once. You can only kill a guy once. You can't tell me don't kill him thirty nine times. That's obvious. You must have been saying you only bring one sacrifice. But now we say no. We are talking about killing the guy. But here's what it means: Ema enochayev al echas. There's mayhem. There's uh, there's one of them that he's not obligated to be killed for. One of the thirty nine malachas. It's true. If you did all thirty nine in one lapse, you bring thirty nine sacrifices. But there's one of the thirty nine that if the guy did purposely with warning, etc., he's not going to be killed for. Okay. And now we don't. But we don't know which one it was. So each of these opinions that told me what the Makoshesh did was telling us that he's sure that the thing that he said the Makoshesh did is not, is not the, the thing that Esai said doesn't get killed for. That's all he's, that he's telling you. So Rabbi Yehuda, the Mavir, for Rabbi Yehuda, okay, it was clear to him what? That carrying four Amas in the, in the public domain, Chayib, was obligated. So therefore he could say that that's what the Mekoshesh did. Umas Nisa and the Brisa, Pshitalei the Tolish Chayib, the Brisa was obvious for the, for the Brisa that one who plucks on Shabbos is obligated, to, purposely is obligated to be killed, and that wasn't the one that Esai was talking about. And Rav Acha Yaakov, it's obvious to him that bundling, making bundles, making piles, is obligated, and that wasn't the one that Esau was talking about. Each one of them thought that this one, at, at all events, the one I mentioned, there's no doubt that it's one of the things that a person is high for. Tanarubban, we learn, Makoshes Zut Remember, the Makoshes, the, the guy who gathered the wood, we never knew who is he. So he says, you know, we learned in Abraisa, it was, it was Slavchad, the famous uh, uh, father of the girls who came and said, listen, our father here, we, we don't want to lose our inheritance. Bechenu Omer, and it says, Vayubene Yisrael, Bamidbar, Vimtu Ish, etc. They found the man. It said, so you, that, you see that we began to make a Gezer Shava. There it's a, it talks about that story about Slavchad. It, 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 part of that story, 
about the mekoshes, the one who gathered the wood, is in the midbar. Or lahal and omer later when the daughters come, they say avinu meis by midbar. Our father died in the midbar. Midbar midbar. It's exayir shabbat. The same two words. Malahal and slavchad. Just like later on when the daughters speak, it's talking about slavchad. Avkan slavchad. Also over here when it talks about the gather of the wood, it is slavchad. This is the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. said to him, Akiva, he said, what are you doing? He says, whatever you did, you didn't do good. He says, you're going to have to make an accounting for yourself. How could you do what you just did? If what you said is, what you said is true, and you just now revealed that Slavchad was, that, that the Koshis was Slavchad, the Torah hid this person's identity who gathered the wood. And you're going to reveal it? Number one, how can you do such a thing? Vim lab. And if you're not, and if you, what you said is not true, if what you said is true, you revealed what the Torah wanted to hide. Vim lab, if what, you, if what you're saying is false, atta motzi lazo is a tzaddik. You are, you are uh, denigrating this tzaddik. He did something wrong, but not something this wrong to say he was chai misa in Shabbos. But he probably said that he, did, he, that he broke publicly, he publicly broke the Shabbos. What are you talking about? What's he criticizing him that he, that he hid something? It's Xer Shava. The Torah, he, the Rebbe didn't reveal it. The Torah, by using the same words, and we have a tradition that we can, that we can use them as a bridge, he didn't do it. The Torah did it. The answer is what? Gezer Shavah Logomer. The answer is what? Rehuda Ben didn't didn't have a tradition on that Gezer Shava. So as far as he was concerned, it wasn't revealed. I Elam Hava. Okay, but then I have a problem. Uh, 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 so I have a problem then. But then, okay, good. If it, but if it wasn't for this reason, if it wasn't for, for, for so, so he says what? It, it, it's true. If it wasn't for this reason that he had to be killed, for not such a severe reason of Shabbos, what was the reason? The answer was, uh, what was his sin? Uh, uh, his sin was that after after Hashem took away the entry to Eretz Yisrael because we we done wrong with the spies, all of a sudden a bunch of Jews wanted to go up to the you know wanted to sneak up to the mountain and go and attack it. They did wrong. He was one of those people. Okay, Yisrochach, have a wonderful day.